0: And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. I am your host, as always, Matt McLaughlin here with Timmy Gorman, covering the play-in tournament, which has caused some controversy among the NBA players involved. Steve Kerr gave a a ringing endorsement earlier uh, this week. And it's really interesting to see how, if you're a higher-seeded team, they hate this Notably LeBron, of course, Um, but then teams like the Warriors, who would not even be sniffing a playoff in the old system, uh, now have a chance to really get into the playoffs. And, you know, now we're going to see how Memphis, San Antonio, we're going to get into the whole bracket predictions. We're also going to give a little bit of our picks for the matchups that are set in the playoffs with each conference, uh, the seats for through six are all set those matchups are all set to go we're just waiting on how these uh playing games turn out who's going to end up with the seven seed who's going to end up with the eight seed in each conference and it sets up to be an intriguing uh postseason nonetheless so let's just jump right into it so timmy do you want to start with the west or the east first
1: uh west because the more i feel like the west has more entertainment value per se uh, with see, all, to four, me, like, all four teams.
0: To me, it's like Memphis is going to win against San Antonio. I just.
1: Oh, see, I could see them easily choking that game oh, because of. Really? Pops, Pops experience. Mm. It, you know, and, the, you know, it's, it's a, it's an, it's, it's not just that. It's an experience roster. You know, everyone in mm. that roster has either been on a deep playoff run or won a championship with the Spurs. Not everyone, but the majority Um, well, there were a lot of it's like a lot of role players and stuff. Um,
0: Patty Bills popped up on my Instagram feed for the first time since like 2014, and I was like, Oh, this guy's still in the league, completely forgot about him. You know,
1: uh, it's not like DeRozan, uh, this is it's not like it's DeRozan's first dance. No, granted, they're 33 and 39. They're clearly the least talented team in the West, maybe even in this whole playoff system. When you look at it, I mean, Charlotte could probably be the you know, be argued as right there with them, um, because they're not fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, it's pop, man. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if just to stick it to people and like cause some, you know, cause a <laughs> stir. He just organ masterminds two, you know, absolutely genius game plans, and they sneak in and then they just spend four games getting absolutely, you know, butchered Love by. That what a lot of people are calling the reincarnation of the 2013-14 Spurs and the Jazz without without the true
0: But superstar. But that's the thing is, like, if San Antonio wins, so, like, for people who may not know what the playing tournament is, the nine and ten teams in each conference, they have to win two games. So they have to face the loser of the 7-8 game. So let's say San Antonio wins this one. They have to face the loser of the 7-8 game, which is the Los Angeles Lakers or the Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry's, committing a scorched earth campaign on the NBA and just lighting up teams and uh, on insane levels, even above James Harden. It's absolutely nuts. So San Antonio could beat Memphis. Do we really expect them to beat the Lakers who are likely going to be fully healthy or, I mean, I mean, Memphis, you could easily make the same case or a Steph Curry who just needs to catch fire once or twice to really get this team into the playoffs, that's where I'm – Like, I get what you're saying. The Popovich factor is huge. There are a handful of coaches, Bill Belichick most notably uh, in the NFL. There are a handful of coaches that they mean a a great deal to their team's success and can really get over the the lack of talent and really just come up with a game plan that can catch a team completely by surprise and really – Pull out wins just by strategy alone, and with Memphis, I think it's a team that knew it could have been in the eight seed, um, in the eight seed, the seven eight game. They were so close. Even with John Morant struggling against Golden State, they were right there. I think they are struggling with working Jaron Jackson Jr. into the back into the lineup. I, he hit a couple of clutch threes that really brought them within striking distance that gave me signs of hope. And I think this team will battle in the playoffs and John Moran has been remarkably efficient against San Antonio in his, you know, young career shooting 62% career against San Antonio, which is,
1: is he really?
0: Yeah. I Holy looked shit. at it. I couldn't believe that either. It's nuts. And we saw a little bit in the, in the playoff bubble last year, he just looks like a different dog in the playoffs. He just looks like already this young second season, he's already showing that he can 30. be willing to put his head down and just take his team over the top. And I think having Dylan Brooks, if Dylan Brooks stays on the court and doesn't foul out, Golden State went on a 21 to 10 run after Dylan Brooks fouled out. Not only does that take away your, yeah, yeah. So know
1: Dylan Brooks was that vital to that team.
0: It's, I don't even think it's so much. Well, defensively, yeah, but offensively, of course, he's a sharpshooter and he can even be that C.J. McCollum type guy who can, you know, handle the ball, runs the pick and roll when he need to. It's not going to be a, a Kyrie Irving type dazzler uh, with the handles, but he's still capable of running the offense. Right, right. And Jonas Valanciunas. I was listening to Bill Simmons and Brian Rosillo on Bill Simmons' podcast today. Jonas Valanciunas put up like 29-16, 26-19 against Golden State. And it was quietest 25 plus point performance I think I've ever heard in my life. I so now you can easily pencil in, you know, Jonas Valentino's getting probably at least 20 against San Antonio. I don't think Keldon Johnson's gonna necessarily do that well against them if they do match up. And San Antonio is just lacking offensive firepower in uh without Lamarcus Aldridge going to Brooklyn that or was going to Brooklyn before he retired that I just don't see them really overcoming the hump of John Moran, hungry in the playoffs. Jaron Jackson Jr. has more reps under his belt. So he's going to be more fully prepared uh, coming into the playoffs. And now they know it's do or die. So I think both teams have nothing to lose, but with Memphis, they know that they're right on the precipice. And I think they're just going to be more hungry compared to San Antonio and with San Antonio, we all know it's the end of an era. It's the end of the Pava Vigero. How he's kept San Antonio competitive for this long is remarkable. But at this point, it's like, how much longer is he going to keep going until he retires? And the NBA is so heavy, heavily focused on talent and acquiring talent that they just need more time to really develop the key players that they have, like Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray, you know they have some great role Go players, right? Yeah, exactly. Like they just have they have great solid players, solid contributors. They just need more time to really develop into a full-fledged skill set and you know, hone their craft, which is understandable. It's not like you know, this is not this is a Tim Duncan San Antonio Spurs is the 10 seed, like it's not anything like that. Also, congratulations to uh Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett. And the uh, late great Kobe Bryant for getting inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame this past weekend um, had to wipe away the tears after the Vanessa Bryant speech. But you know, three three legends and three generational talents. But anyway, getting back to San Antonio, um, I I just think that the talent gap is too much, and Memphis is eager to win, and they know that they can take another step in their development. And I think Memphis is going to win.
1: Oh no, and I, I'm not. I'm not saying like this is a cake. Like, put it in the bag. Like, take it. yeah. You know, take yeah. it to the bank. I'm just saying, like, like you said, Jaron Jackson spent most of the year on the shelf. John Morant had he still doesn't look comfortable completely like he did last year with that early season injury. Agree. Um, you know, the fact that Dylan Brooks, as much as I like him and I loved him in college, he was a baller in college at Oregon. Um, as much as, as the fact that he's that vital to that team is a little worrisome. Um, I still think that they don't fully understand what to do with Brandon Clark. Um, Agreed.
0: He just looks so out of place sometimes on the floor.
1: Especially on the offensive end, like, you know, he's a monster athletically. He's just a freak of nature when it comes to his athleticism and his, his, you know, second jump, as they would say, that he gets up quicker on a second jump, that, it's insane. Like, And, you know, he, he can just come out of nowhere and swat a ball when you thought that it was just an easy layup or dunk. Yeah. So on the defensive end, I could see him one day win a defensive player of the year because he wow. can guard the perimeter, he can guard, the, you know, the problem is, is that he's just such a liability on offense still. Cause they haven't really figured out. I think they should be running a lot more pick and rolls than they probably do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly think like in my opinion, a lot of it comes down to the fact that triple J did not play for so long. It really hurt the lineup creativity and how this team is supposed to look for the next X amount of years. Now that said, uh, great point about Valanciunas. Like, I don't – like, when they play – the Sixers play them, he, like, put up, like a, like, a 25, like, 15 and, like, 7 or something, I think. You're,
0: you're like, okay, give up a layup or baseline jumper to Valanciunas, And then he's got, like, 13 of those. And then he's got, like, 25 on the night already. And then you're getting – And
1: he's got to – his average for this season, he's got to have a double-double average, right?
0: I have not checked that. um but I would imagine he's had another that was one of the like I feel like people not people, but that was one of the surprise moves of Valentinus getting traded uh to Memphis was like wow, like that was a guy you didn't necessarily expect him to be a superstar with Toronto. Yeah, 17,
1: but, 17, and 12.
0: Yeah. So he's just being an absolute monster right now. And and I think he gets lost in the shuffle a little bit in the John Morant, Aaron Jackson Jr. show. That he's, he's shown that, listen, I'm I'm more than capable of being like a LaMarcus Aldridge, Marcus Saul type player where right. I can easily contribute as a third role, sometimes second offensive option if needed.
1: And I, I think when that trade happened, and obviously Gasol helped him win that title in 2019, like there's no doubt about that. Yeah. But when that trade happened, I, I think I, you know, I agree. Like it was kind of like, all right, well, we've gone as far as we can go with Jonas and we did the same. That's why we got rid of, you know, Demar Rosen, because this, this team just wasn't going to get any further than it had been constructed with. And they knew they had a one-year window with Kawhi. And they, 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 they looked at Gasol, and he's a former two-time defensive player of the year. He had a better or more all-around offense game. And I think a lot of people looked at that trade and said, all right, yeah, you know, Valanciunas is probably going to go there. Then maybe they'll buy him out. Maybe he'll ride out the rest of the season, and yeah. you know they will be on a new team, and he'll kind of just have a journeyman career from here on out. And he stuck it out there. He's you know kind of been the de facto leader on that team with all these young guys. He's probably you know uh, from what I've seen or heard, you, you never hear a bad thing about him. And you know he's probably a big voice in that locker room. And he could have easily got down on himself, been like, "All right, well." the Raptors were my one chance and I'm guess I'm just going to go collect checks for the rest of my life. Like there's no point, like no one sees me as it. And instead he put his head down. He looks like he's gotten in better shape. He's got more polished and he's going out there and he's showing people like, Hey, you made a mistake. And if you need me, I can be a contributor to a, a team that at some point could t- potentially challenge, I think. And that, kudos to him for doing that. Cause a lot of people would give up and be like, Hey, I'm 27. I'm 28. I'm just gonna collect, you know, you know, collect the checks for the next seven years and and go back to Europe and, you know, figure out what I'm gonna do from there. But he, you know, didn't give up and and uh, didn't give up on this Memphis team and it's paying off. And um, you know, I hope that he's there for when this team matures and they start collecting top four seeds in the West and making potential runs into the Western Conference Semis yep. and Finals if it all comes together for Morant and Brandon Clark and, and triple J. So do you,
0: I mean, obviously it's a tough comparison, but do you think this is the next, like this could be the next grit and grind era type team for Memphis? And they obviously don't have like a Tony Allen shutdown defender, but to me, it's just like, what it's like every Memphis team. That's been, you know, relatively popping is, they have these guys that are so like just lunch pail workers, blue collar. They're going to get in the trenches. They're going to really fight down low and they're not going to like, they're going to splash some threes, but for the most part, they like to work in the paint and they're they like to drive and work from the inside out. Do you think that this team could, you know, get over the hump and get into that top five in the West, especially with, you know, Lakers, they still have LeBron and AD. God knows how long LeBron's going to play Phoenix. Phoenix is, you know doing their thing 50 wins somehow are in the number two seed in the west utah is just finished was the first team to finish with at least 10 threes in every single nba game this season and it's just like the west is always so crowded that it's like god knows what's going to happen with portland whether they're going to blow it up or not what they're going to do probably coaching change do you think that and even in a crowded West picture that this team can break through and really get into top five, top four seating in the West?
1: Um, yeah, I, but I don't think it's going to – I mean, defense could definitely be, but it's definitely not grit and grind. I think they more have an envision of like kind of being like a um, – I don't want to see the OKC – Durant, Westbrook, Harden teams because clearly the offense—it's not—it's not, it's yeah, not it's that not
0: comparable. Yeah,
1: because obviously J, Triple J and it,
0: like it, it's just weird because I feel like I can't make a connection to like another. I can't,
1: It's it's a weird roster construction. Yeah, in a way because obviously Triple J and Brandon Clark can work together, but as we already stated, Brandon Clark needs to really hone his offensive skills. Valanciunas eventually is going to have to start coming off the bench if you because you're going to you're you in in a ideal scenario that Triple J finally gets healthy and blossoms and the same with Brandon Clark and then you have Morant but I think you still need a second scorer that's a wing you know they're they they need to find someone that whether it's in free agency or they 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 get a steal in the draft where they find this person that could be a two, a two guard or a, th- uh, a small four that becomes their, you know, their guy. Um, Cause Dylan Brooks is good and all, but it's, I, I yeah, it's, it's because I still, still, weird think, because it's like I still a, think they're two years away.
0: Agreed. I, I don't think it's going to be next year. It's.
1: I with... think next year in a healthy situation, they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. And they, they all put it in the work in the offseason. season. They can they can maybe make the move that they thought they were going to make this year before the injuries and COVID happened. Yeah. That they can go from this eight seed per se to, if they get it, mm-hmm. or you know pot just missing to maybe the sixth seed.
0: I, yeah. Or agree fifth on. seed.
1: It's incremental steps to Agreed. get yes. to that top four, is what they need. And but it, it's you they they can't just rest on the laurels. They have to mm-hmm. say hey, we want to be better. We This is what we need to do. And I think that coming from Memphis's previous front office regime um, and how goddamn awful it yeah. was and the trades they would make that were just absolutely asinine, that would they would get fleece left and right. Um, what the hell is our old GM's name? What was that? Chris Watt. Uh, uh, regardless, the Paul Gasol trade was was an abomination that it was allowed to happen. That they basically handed the Lakers back-to-back titles because their GM was an a-hole. Um, he notorious Chris for Chris
0: Wallace.
1: Yes, Chris Wallace. Notorious for a bunch of other dumb shit. Taking Hashim to be with the second overall pick in two thousand nine. <laughs> I forgot about he, that name. He's got a laundry list of just ineptitude. That submarine this this franchise for years even when there was talent so, so wait,
0: wait so devil's devil's advocate here i just mm-hmm. i isn't there a point where that core clearly wasn't going to get any higher the ceiling was gone isn't there a point where you just got to move on and like just find trade partners and you know they, they did a great job with two guys wait
1: what what core what core
0: like the core of like Zebo, Marcus, saw Mike Conley. Like, that grit and grind oh, yeah, era no, core they, was like – I'm just saying, like, I think it was just a point where the, I don't – I haven't no, done research on ceiling. his tenure, but I'm just saying, like, isn't there a point where it's just like, you got to move on and just blow it up?
1: Yeah, no, that team reached their ceiling. Uh, he's – Wallace – I don't – Wallace might have still been there before that. I'm talking – or still there then. I'm talking before that when he oh. traded Paul Gasol
0: uh for
1: absolutely nothing and he, he he gave a couple there was one or two I dumb they contracts got, they got
0: marcus on that trade
1: yeah but when they got marcus they never envisioned marcus saw becoming true
0: he Very was true. the 50th yeah.
1: pick or something in the nba draft yeah no one had seen him all he was known as is I don't want to say the fat because I'll get, you know, the cancel culture will kill me. The chubby younger brother of Paul Gasol.
0: Fuck it. We're not letting cancer culture come at this podcast. I don't give a shit. There's too much censorship going on. I fucking hate it, but whatever. That's a whole nother rant for another day. Um, But, yeah, because especially considering the stigma around European players at the time, Paul Gasol was dealing with that even as he was winning a, right. two he championships with, with Kobe. Soft. Yeah, everyone thinks that he was – everyone thought that – well, still kind of due to this day, really, that European players are very soft and they don't play tough defense and saw that in the O A playoffs against the Celtics in those finals. It's so strange how, like, the European player stigma has changed. And, you know, part of that is Luka Doncic. I think part of that you have to attribute is – uh, newly announced Hall of Famer, Tony Kukoc, too. He's a guy that goes underrated on those bowl teams. That without him, they don't win a handful of games, and you know, maybe even get bounced out of the playoffs by the Knicks. And when Mike, when Jordan's going off playing baseball, as the last dance showed, when Pippen doesn't even decide to check in for the final shot.
1: Well, and it's in like, Dirk. Dirk's another big. Dirk one, but is agree. a big
0: Kuk- part of that. Yeah,
1: Kukoc, Kukoc. Drazen Petrovich and uh, Vlade were the were you know the first wave that came over and proved like hey these guys can ball like yeah when Kukoc came the hype that Kukoc had was bigger than anybody and they they, they cover that in the, the last dance and you know he was he he was this thing but the um
0: he was considered the left-handed magic johnson how is anyone going to fucking live up to those <laughs> expectations
1: right. it, it was yeah and it was crazy and the crazier thing is is he wasn't even the best player because drowson petrovich was by far away the best player and unfortunately was taken from this world at a too young of an age and you know we only got to appreciate his genius for one one or two full seasons on the nets but for those of you who don't understand what Drazen Petrovic is, he was the original Luka Doncic. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Not as big, but Drazen was. He was go watch the thirty for thirty once brothers about the Yugoslavian basketball team, and you'll under you'll appreciate it a lot more.
0: Yeah, exactly. But um, let's get back to the plan. Uh, so. Do you think I have Memphis winning and advancing to the next round of the playing tournament? Are you going to go with Memphis, or do you think San Antonio pulls off? Yeah, yeah, you
1: know, I'll go with Memphis. I'm just saying, let's not yeah. be surprised if There's we're still a sitting chance. here on Friday and it's yeah. like, holy shit, San Antonio won. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Um, okay, so we both got Memphis. We'll move on to the next round.
1: Now uh, the heavyweight,
0: of course, the one this that is
1: exactly why the, the one playing games created.
0: The one that Adam Silver probably peed white in his slacks while, when he saw this news.
1: They um, are The NBA executives have been walking around the NBA front office with a full stiffy for the last 24 <laughs> hours when they realized they were getting this play-in game. They probably sent a memo to every goddamn officiating crew and were like, you will make this happen for our TV ratings <laughs> or you will be out of a job so fast. They 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 probably I am interested have... to see
0: how this game is going to be officiated between the number seven Los Angeles Lakers, which is wild to think. Even coming off that title, everyone was like, they can repeat LeBron's gonna catch Jordan at six, which you could still very likely do. But it's weird to think that like the injuries, Lakers are coming. Yeah, no, injuries, and you know, it's just it's just so strange how the NBA season has worked out like this. And now Los Angeles Lakers at seven face Golden State Warriors. At
1: what's LeBron at four?
0: He's at, yeah, you get two, two with Miami, one with Cleveland, Cleveland. and then one with the Lakers. Um, so now, so now, um, Lakers host the Warriors, uh, for the number seven, eight game. The loser of this, uh, goes to play the winner of the 910 game, which we are predicting to be Memphis Grizzlies, and the winner goes to face Phoenix in the 2 uh, seven matchup which will be really interesting to see how that shakes out. I am personally interested in seeing how this game is going to be officiated. What calls is Curry gonna get is Lebron gonna be tossing his arms up at the refs for half of this game <laughs> which is very likely um, very likely. And I just it's so strange because you have two of the two of the handful of guys in nba history who can single-handedly turn their team's fortunes around just by themselves and just by being there like curry has i i hated curry at first because i hated the shimmying they won too much i hated it and then we had to suffer through 2012 through 2015 process era sixers which was absolutely miserable um
1: well, the, so, the, the thing with the, the Grizz or the, the Warriors too, is they started as the fun team
0: and then they won too much in my opinion. And
1: then after 2015, it, the, there was the whole going for 73. And that's when it started to creep in a little bit. It was that for me anyway, cause I was, I was always a big OKC fan cause I was a Sonics fan growing yeah. up. Yeah. So like, I, cause I love Peyton and Kemp. So I just, you know, and then Westbrook is my fa- one of my favorite players ever. Like, Mm -hmm. i don't give a shit you know i understand his flaws um i'll ride with for us all day like i love them and i i just got so annoyed that like when they when they they blew that series and that's when they kind of but then when durant signed for him i'm like all right well you guys just went from being fun to being the annoying yeah like the yankees and then and then you add draymond
0: green talking his shit to that mix and it's like yeah you're the
1: the new I i love day day one of Draymond's many nicknames. I loved Draymond <laughs> in college. He was awesome at Michigan State. He was the perfect leader and he was fun his first couple of years in the league. And then he started to get his reputation of, you know, being this defensive guy and being this and being that. And I just, after that, I was just like, all right, I can't anymore. Like he, I just can't fucking stand him.
0: Yeah. Um, But if he didn't have that mentality, he wouldn't be where he is. So it's like,
1: oh no, that's that. You know, he needs that mentality. Agreed.
0: Yeah. So, Golden State Warriors, somehow, some way, getting into the playoffs or have a chance at the playoffs. Um. I mean, I just this is one of the few games this year where you have where they're good teams. It's not like you're, you know, covering like, I don't know, Wizards versus Pistons. Like in the beginning of the season, these teams are so bad that it's like you don't know which way it's going to go. Like these teams are good. You know, Curry's going to be launching away threes. I, I just don't know. If Curry puts up less than 40, I feel like the Warriors lose. I,
1: Wiggins, oh, he's got to, he's got to absolutely going to have to score. I mean, <laughs> He is he, averaging thirty four point nine nine points post All Star break. Yeah, poor Uh <laughs> on forty eight point seven field goal percentage.
0: Jesus fucking Christ! Uh, forty three
1: three point percentage, and an eighty nine. He's actually down on the free throws. He was at ninety three. Ple- he's all-star. chucking
0: away fifty footers, but is struggling at the free throw line. Like that, just he's
1: it, he's it, up two percent. And the post All Star break in his three point percentage,
0: and I, it's insane. It, it's it's nuts. And it's like, how much longer can this keep going? There is no way outside of maybe Kobe, Harden, Will, and uh, Jordan. Like th- th- there are, there's no way that this can keep going. And I think if like Andrew Wiggins, this is the Andrew <laughs> Wiggins come out game. If not he is a bust forever. I, he's been solid in my opinion, since April 1st, he's averaged a a little, like a tick, literally a a hair on my ass length, like under 20 points per game since April one. And in uh, with on a team with Steph that he is the face of your offense, you need to step up in the playoffs because you know, LeBron, AD, uh kuzma is going to be attached at the hip to curry they're going to be switching screens they're going to making going to be making it impossible for him to field the ball cleanly and get, get into a clean... the lane
1: any of that stuff
0: they're going to be tossing bodies it, at him excuse like me. if anyone knows how to beat steph it's lebron it's a lebron team if anybody that... knows
1: how to beat lebron it's Steph.
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so and it's like how versa. the fuck is this is literally like Ali frazier this is like a heavyweight fight. And that's what the NBA loves. We all know that. Um, I personally think the Lakers have too much depth and too much talent. And that Steph just, he's going to have a monster performance no matter what. And I just think that with LeBron, his IQ and his pure, like, just Knowledge of the game, and it's going to be interesting to see. Is LeBron going to match up with Draymond? Is AD going to match up with Draymond? Those will be some interesting missed matchups in the low post.
1: Are they going to try and get in Draymond's head? Yeah. You know, Draymond's going to try, know, and, to try and get in LeBron's stupid. head. He's going to
0: be talking his shit. Like Golden State Warriors fans are going to be, well, not Warriors fans, Lakers fans are going to be going nuts because I think it's at the Staples Center. Um,
1: Is Schroeder playing? I don't she's still know if Schroeder's
0: playing because of those COVID protocols. It's really sticky. Like the NBA, you got to give them credit; they have been like pretty tight-lipped about um, the COVID protocols and like when players can return. And there was that whole, uh, uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is back. Yeah, and, so,
1: and the, but the and not that it's like a huge blow, but he definitely would have helped shoulder the load. Is uh, the Warriors don't have Kelly Oubre
0: exactly which like is Kelly where this Everett falls the on, on since this, april 27th it's nice. Right.
1: and this falls on wiggins and the thing is and you know they pointed the uh, rusillo pointed this out the other day was that if you look when wiggins hit that game-winning shot uh last week that whole team was going nuts they they they, they, they they've embraced him and like draymond yeah. is trying to that's the one thing where i will say he annoys me now but like he still is that he's when he gets into somebody's Grill on his own team it's because he's trying to get them to have the confidence that he has in himself exactly you can see he was trying to like go over and be like yeah you should hit that fucking shot you should be like you're the man like yeah like exactly he, he was trying to get him going which is awesome to see because i think wiggins had way going back to college there was way too many uh expectations heaped on him he came from canada which this is like they don't have the same level of high school talent that he could play against if he would have been playing down here, I think I mean, he probably should have stayed at college at least one more year because he would disappeared from a lot of games yes. his freshman year in college, including the game that they got eliminated in, in the 2014 tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe they had MB that would have been different, but when that team was fully healthy in 2014, I'll tell you, it was scary. And MB definitely took a little bit of the load off of Wiggins. He then gets stuck in a shitty situation In an organization that's been going nowhere fast for the longest time, then gets stuck with one bad teammate after another, I don't give a shit how talented Cat is. He's not a good teammate. You can just see it. He's just not a good teammate. And he's got to be – it's got to be hell to play with him on top of getting Jimmy Butler yelling at you 24-7. Yeah, yeah.
0: And to me, it's like when Cat is invested, he is fully invested. The problem is they're so inconsistent with that. And, you know, getting D'Lo was, was a huge, I think, boost for him. He seems like he's having fun with Anthony Edwards. Like, I just feel like the Jimmy Ballard mix wasn't helping. Cat, Tom
1: Thibodeau didn't help.
0: Tom Thibodeau didn't help. Cat, I think just Cat and Wiggins both just looked so, like, distant and just – you know, out of it. And it gets to a point when a coach's voice falls on that, deaf ears, in my opinion. Well,
1: it's the difference, the, the difference between how Jimmy Butler tries to pump up a teammate and how Draymond tries to do it. Yes.
0: Agree. Completely different.
1: That's like, that's like, there's, there's, there's two different ways to be a hard ass to your teammate. And one is like a positive reinforcement where Jimmy Butler's like, I'm just going to tell you you're wrong all the time. And so you get it right. Draymond's yeah. like, I'm getting in your grill. Cause I want to make you better. Now Butler wants to make you better but he's just going to be a complete asshole about it the whole time.
0: Draymond Draymond is the homie that like tries to gas you up to talk to a hot girl at the bar. Whereas Jimmy Butler is the guy that's like, Oh, you're not good. You're not good enough for her. You got to work towards getting good enough for her and get, you got to practice at talking to people. You got to practice at you know, lifting and getting yourself right on the gram or whatever. And he's
1: the old, he's the, he's, he's like the, uh, the helicopter dad that, you know, constantly is like, if you're, you're never good enough. Like, you know, all those famous players, like, you know, uh, was like Todd Moranovich or whatever, that quarterback. Oh my that, God. Like,
0: I watched that 30 for 30. Absolutely right. fucking wild.
1: You know, it's like, he's that, he's that kind of dad where it's constantly just like, yeah, you had that touchdown pass, but really you made the wrong read. And just got lucky. You know what I mean? Like that's Butler.
0: Another good documentary with similar parallel, Brian and the boss with Brian right. Bosworth. Right. Great one. Fucking insane. I don't know how that guy's still around, but thank God he is. And um, but yeah, with well, he
1: changed his mentality. He he realized like where he was wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to basketball. Uh, I just think again, playoffs. I said it about Memphis. Uh, I think the depth is too much and the talent gap is just too much. I know Steph is on Golden State, and if there's anyone that can beat LeBron, it's Steph, but if anyone can beat Steph, it's LeBron. And outside of Steph, Wiggins, there isn't much offensive talent that can really help them out. Draymond's averaging like less than 10 points per game.
1: I think he's averaging like seven points a game. It's absolutely pitiful.
0: It's not good. And I understand he plays defensive first and everything like that, but – when your team is obliterated by injuries as much and you lose a huge piece like clay Thompson, you need to step up on the offensive end period point blank. Um, and with the Lakers, I think they're still working through the process of getting more reps and guys like LeBron, a guy, not even guys like LeBron, because there's really no one like LeBron, but legends in the game, it gets to a point. They're just looking towards playoffs. Let's get the playoffs so that when the games matter and, I think we're going to see that here with LeBron where he just completely turns up, completely looks like the king and looks like the guy that took, that knocked out LeBron, uh, not, n- knocked out the Toronto Raptors three years in a row, whatever it was. And you really see that inner assassin in him that really developed in Miami. And I think it's going to be just killer time. And he wants to repeat as champion because he, he hasn't repeated since Miami, since he was in Miami in like 2010, 2012. And I think he wants that. And I think he wants to get ring number five and match with Kobe, um, which would be a spectacle. Uh, and I think that just in general, the Lakers, they're close to full strength. They just need more reps. I understand Curry shooting like 44% or above in four of the last five games. He's, he's had two 40 plus point performances in that span, most notably 46 against Memphis. Uh yesterday, recording this on Monday night. Um, I just think that the Lakers are finally getting back to full strength, they got positive momentum on their side, and now it's just gonna be this is where the one-man army of Steph Curry finally falls, and it's like a game of thrones john Snow, like execution type thing. Like it's just gonna be put out of their misery, and then we'll see what happens in that uh. That matchup with Memphis in that second game, but uh,
1: there's there's that's the only way he's got a usage rate a five percent it's thirty five percent thirty five point six percent usage rate. Fucking hell! Like it's like he's got like it's the only way in May his his he's averaging twenty six field goal attempts a game thirty six point eight points over eight games in mm-hmm. in april it was 37.3 points over a 15 game stretch with 22 field goal attempts a game uh 51 46 90 splits
0: jesus fucking Christ. which is <laughs> it's which is a whole
1: new which is a whole new level of the 50 40 90 club
0: yeah it's 2k numbers it's nuts
1: I'm trying to see what I wonder what his best month that I think that had to be his best month
0: that that was like, his best with, month with
1: best with month. points and with the points and averages wise because yeah that's the highest field goal percentage he had and the highest three point percentage yeah by far his best month thirty seven point three points over fifteen games
0: like i I just think this is when the one man army stops and they just get stalled yeah at the it's gate. like
1: it's like you know like how long because this is what they basically saw in Dame, with the, the Blazers and Dame Lillard last year. Yeah. Dame willed them through the bubble and through that playing game against the Grizzlies to a round one. And then they won game one and everybody's like, oh my God, Dame might be able to do this. And LeBron's yeah. like, mm, no. Well, let's, and I'm, you know, I love Dame as much as the next person, but yeah, it's, I think it's, it's going to take a lot to get, to, to have the, 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 the Warriors beat the, the Lakers, mm-hmm. as, as, as long as everyone is, as like, as long as it's a healthy AD, healthy LeBron, they have their other pieces. You know, I just can't, I, I can because I can see Steph dropping like 52 and, it's, you know,
0: he pulls eight, off something like Kobe esque and he drops like yeah, 80 or some shit.
1: AD just chokes or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, I could, yeah. I could see it happening and it's just a LeBron, LeBron Curry slugfest. And and not in the way where LeBron's going for fifty because LeBron, like a fifty for LeBron is not just fifty points. It's like twenty-seven points and like fifteen boards yeah. with like eleven assists and like yep. six steals and a block. Like it's he's going to stat stuff to to go along with Steph dropping like fifty plus points. Exactly. So I can't I can't see it, but I also wouldn't be surprised. And then you like you said it would come down to like the Grizzlies versus the this the Warriors, which is I think what most people would think. And in that game, I could see Steph's one man army routine working again. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, I honestly, um, I honestly do think it will be Lakers 17, Warriors 18.
0: I agree. I think when it gets to that Grizzlies Warriors matchup. It's going to be another switch that flips or steps like this is do or die. I need to get our team into the playoffs at least and build some momentum after that miserable season last year. Like we need to get something going and just Mm -hmm. see how we handled Utah. Um, And they already
1: have a top pick, right? What is it? Top three protected?
0: Yeah, something crazy like that. So they can get another franchise guy.
1: And then it rolls to the next year and it's not protected at all, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And it's
1: not like Minnesota is going to – all of a sudden be a playoff team next year like let's just because they have a new owner like let's not kid ourselves
0: um but yeah i think that's going to be another switch and curry just elevates himself to a whole nother level because he wants to get into the playoffs and bounce back from that atrocious uh year last year um but interesting interesting question i'm just thinking about this the warriors have had two Two straight mediocre seasons after coming off championships, galore. Is Steve Kerr one of the, still one of the best coaches in the NBA, in your opinion?
1: He, yes. Okay. He didn't even have he didn't have a roster last year. He literally was playing with Eric Paschal and Damian <laughs> Lee for most of the year. Like true, true. You know he didn't have he literally didn't have his two of his three stars that made that made that team. He lost Iguodala, which was the glue guy. Durant was gone. Like, yeah, they no, he's – okay. To even, to even get this team, like, I get it. Steph's going off, but it still takes some coaching to get the rest of the guys to be able to play in a system to help benefit Steph to get those shots off. So, yeah, he's still – you okay. know, he – absolutely.
0: Okay. Just a question I wanted to pose, but let's jump on over to the east. Uh, the Boston Celtics, one of the most disappointing – seasons in recent franchise memory. Um they're a number 7. They're going to be ho- hooked. <laughs> As Philly fans, we we love Boston misery. Um Bill Simmons says said on his podcast that this is the uh weakest team that he's seen since the 2004 Celtics, which I was 2 years old, so do the math there. Um they were bad. <laughs> he said he said like they were packing their bags for cancun by the time game two was over uh of that year uh i forget whatever series it was it might have been just been the first round but anyway um washington in
1: the playoffs that year
0: i don't know <laughs> um and then sorry no you're good uh and then the wizards somehow some way they're in number eight which blows my fucking mind considering how poorly the season started for them Westbrook
1: went on a tear.
0: And Westbrook did go on a tear. Um, I think he's outside of Ben Simmons, probably the most polarizing player in the NBA now. Um, he he does great things, but he can also cough up turnovers and you know cost you games from time to time. Uh, and then the other game, the number nine, number 10 game is Charlotte Hornets versus Indiana Pacers. We'll cover that later, but we'll the juicy one is Wizards at Celtics. Uh, no Jalen Brown for Boston. He injured his wrist earlier, uh, just earlier this week or maybe been last week. Uh, so he's done for the season uh, with a torn oh, ligament. Really? Yeah, torn ligament in his wrist. When did that happen? N- last week, I want to say. Um,
1: really?
0: Yeah. Like, I swear. <laughs> um,
1: oh, I did see that. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see that. My- uh,
1: I'm like, why am I so surprised by this?
0: Yeah, uh, but it is important to. Uh, well, I'll get into my take later. But um, but yeah, Celtics don't have Jalen Brown. Uh, Marcus Smart has looked, eh, at best. Uh, Celtics just. I think have, he's still injured. I wouldn't be surprised. I kind of hope so because, like, as as much of a pain in the ass it is to play, to watch, not even play, because I'm, I'm not fucking playing, to watch your team play against Marcus Smart and he gets all up in your grill. He's a guy that's just cut from that old school cloth of just talking shit, getting into your face, doing the dirty shit and just, you know, really doing the all the hustle things that we commit, Draymond, Dennis Rodman for, you know, and I respect him for that. And I hope he's playing through injury because I don't see how much longer he stays on Boston if he keeps producing seasons like this um and at this point i think boston's just so injury depleted that washington is also on a hot tear that russ is eager to prove he's capable of winning and elevating teams. Bradley beal i think wants to show that he can win without john wall and show that he's just not a stat stuffer and i think that's why uh, I personally have Washington winning this game. Do you see it going the same? Oh no, different? Washington
1: Washington is Washington is here's the best way to put it. It's 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 and Simmons will, will always talk about it. it's when you get to the playoffs, it's about who has the best player or the best two players, you know, like who are the best players on that floor. Yeah. And even if it's not true, Beal and Westbrook are going into the, every single game, walking out there with straight swag and bravado and the only thought on their head is i'm the best motherfucker here none of you can take me i'm going to show you right now why you all shouldn't have underestimated me i'm i didn't i'm not declining we're gonna win this in their heads they're winning they're winning at all that's how overconfident russell westbrook will always be about his ability oh yeah and there's some days he's not wrong what was Mm -hmm. that stat line he put up the other day like what was it twenty three and like twenty six or like what did he, he had some like did he have a twenty twenty like, game? He had something obscene, and it was really? like the third time he did it or something.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if he put up a twenty twenty game. Um, but it's just like at this point, the Celtics Simmons had this stat. It was the Celtics have been down by at least twenty points in fourteen games this season. They were only down by twenty plus points four games last season. Like, that's just, I don't know what is up with this team. I just think mentally they're out of it, and it's kind of like a COVID year, so they're just kind of taking this as a mulligan. But it's just wild to me that this team has fallen so hard. Um, you know, and they're more than capable of bouncing back because it's Boston. And, of course, they're going to, and they got a great collection of talent. Um. Oh, so that stat line, May 10th. Mm-hmm at atlanta one point loss to the hawks uh he had 28 points 21 assists 13 rebounds and four personal thousand three turnovers
1: like who i yes and yes <laughs> i get it a lot of the times he goes down there and, and shirks his defensive abilities and crashes the boards and takes boards away from like centers and forwards. yeah that's just ross like it's not acceptable, but at the same time, that's just what he does. It's more acceptable than the shit James Harden pulls. Yeah. He'll never quit it on he'll never quit it on a team. You can know that much. Because this team was three and fifteen at one point. They were a dumpster Everyone's, fire. Everyone was Everyone's saying like, just trade deal Scott burn it down. down tra- fire Scott Brooks, which still probably should be the ideal situation. He's proven probably, he's not a good coach. Most likely. Um, even though he'll probably get at least two more gigs in the NBA by people that are dumb enough to do it, Um, but that said, it's like everyone could have just caved. They had all these COVID things, injuries. They could have just given up. And three and fifteen, and he and, and it didn't get better quick. Like they were still bad. It was bad a
0: slow burn. In like it February,
1: and it's they 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 caught fire late, and. They worried me actually as an opponent in the first round. I don't want to see a full, a, a, a full series worth of Beal and Westbrook. They played us tight all year, and in the playoffs especially, Westbrook is going to take it up another notch. I, I don't want to see him and Embiid get into it. I don't want to see Embiid get so jacked up, and he does something stupid and gets hurt. Like I, oh, want I them, think I think it's going to be the complete
0: opposite. I think it's going to be the complete opposite. If we if the Sixers face the Wizards, they're getting the Wizards are smashed in the face, and it's going to be an easy sweep because I this is a classic Doc I, Rivers I'm not saying narrative. They
1: can't win. I'm not saying they can't win. It just worries me like that. Westbrook is gonna. Start some shit and get in an Embiid's head oh, yeah, or Simmons' head, and that somebody's going to do something dumb.
0: But, but it's also important to remember, and Rusilla pointed this out we're basically a ringer podcast at this point without being officially approved by officially the way. <laughs> um, but Rusilla pointed it out it was like, this is Doc Rivers, this isn't Brett Brown, and I think that's a huge uh f- layer of stability that Joel isn't going to lose his shit and be like, because I think. A lot of that was like Joel maybe thinking that he has to fend for himself in those altercations, or he's just so young that he just wants to keep tr- talking trash or whatever. That like I think in the playoffs, Westbrook's going to be even more amped. He's going to be more eager, and I think Simmons is going to be forcing him to cough up major turnovers in key situations. Him and Thybul, I think, are going to be a great one-two punch defensively if the Sixers do end up facing the Wizards. That. I just don't see why like Westbrook can talk his shit and I respect him for that. He's one of the few guys that have really embodied the Mamba mentality true to its true and its true form. Um but I just think I just think he gets too over aggressive and it's like when I've I've seen when Marcus Smart this year It's like they get too over aggressive, too hot-headed and then they just like go downhill and like just take just take bad shots and I just don't think it's good. I just think it's going to be a first round exit for Washington, no matter really who they face.
1: No, I, I, I'm i fine with that. I'm just I've also I've also, you know. Witnessed the We Believe Warriors that had no business beating that Mavericks Fair. team that was a 60 some Maverick with the with the that year's MVP and Dirk. Yeah. And that team is coming on. That should have been the defending champions, mind you. Yeah, not for the absolute screw job in the 20 2006 finals. I've seen that happen. And as it, I remember, you know, because Dirk is my favorite player ever. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember sitting there watching it, my freshman year of college in the dorm room with my one buddy, uh, my one buddy, Fink, Devin, who who's from Boston, but he was a Warriors fan. And I forget why, like just for that team, because he liked them and he liked like Baron Davis and stuff. And I just remember sitting there in astonishment watching it happen. So I can believe them somehow doing it. Do I think it's absolutely like a lot? No, like they're most likely are losing in the first round. They don't have yeah. a good head coach. Westbrook still is Westbrook and will make some dumb decisions. Beal can even get in his own head. You know, the young players like Thomas Bryant still has a ways to go if he's ever going to be anything. Daniel Gafford is awesome as an energy guy, but, like, he gives you 15 to 20 minutes. That's it. Like, he, he has no offense. I love Rui from Gonzaga, but he's still got a lot of developing to do. And you, Tybel or Simmons could easily just take him out if he ever decided to get going. They don't even need to worry about him, though, you know? If, yeah. If Rui is the one scoring on us, we have bigger – we have less – you know, there's no issue there. Yeah. So, I think I'd rather just see Washington win. I'd rather, I'd rather have them – Get into a series with Brooklyn and the whole Harden and Westbrook and Westbrook and Durant storyline, and have them drain Brooklyn a little bit, even if they only win one game or even two games. Just have them, have them take some out of Brooklyn, and then after that, I personally kind of want Boston, especially with no Jalen Brown. I want to
0: take fucking Boston's ass back to Massachusetts.
1: But I'm also have the typical philly sports fan like six years <laughs> like dread of like
0: fuck oh, it's shit, boston man.
1: it's fuck it's boston fuck it's rival. how we can't we can't choke this no we'll choke this you know like
0: yeah seen no, it i see i was having you know that I mean? back and forth earlier today i was like fuck tatum's gonna go for like 40 a game and then we're gonna just be kemba walker is gonna average like 20 and five and five and then marcus smart's gonna come alive and then it's like ah oh, shit the one year we're the one seed and since, like, Allen Iverson was lacing up, we fucking lose to who else but the goddamn Celtics. Like, and then we got to hear about Boston. Boston yeah, upset exactly. the one seed. Ah.
1: And then Simmons will be like, oh, see, I told you the whole time. Like, honey, but <laughs> Washington's the only team I don't want to see. The Pacers scare me a little because I feel like they've had our number for some reason. But then again, they really? also – we also didn't have Embiid last yeah. week. You know we should have won that game, they didn't. When I say we, the Sixers, I mean the Sixers <laughs> should have won that game, they didn't. I think we could handle them fairly easily, but um they also have you know their own coaching issues. Charlotte doesn't, you know. I know they have the talent, but I don't. Hayward still isn't back. I don't believe yeah. Lamelo. Lamelo doesn't not, look
0: like a hundred percent. Yeah, that he's wrist. not a hundred
1: percent. So, like, there was nothing on that team, like, you know, what, is Terriers you're going to average 35 a game? I don't think so. Like, so I just – Washington's the one team I don't want to say. Outside of that, yeah. I, I yeah. you know,
0: it's like I'll it's take like...
1: any of the other three. And they should. It, they, you know, they should sweep whoever they play or or win in five at the very least. Uh, if they lose two games, I'm going to really start to get wary. If they lose two games to anybody yeah. in this mm-hmm. first round.
0: No, I agree. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of like Washington is like that NFL wildcard team that's won its like last three games and then they get in and it's yeah, like, it's like the Giants f- in 20,
1: 2011.
0: Yeah, like you don't want to see them when they're uh, hot. Two thousand
1: eight, two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand seven, eight Giants or yeah, or like the even the boxes last year. You know what I mean? Ex- like
0: exactly. It's- like it's it's just one of those scary teams. Um, but yeah, Hornets Pacers. Uh, I think this is going to be a doozy. Like it's just. Uh, I'm gonna watch it because it's a playing game, but um overall I'm not really that interested in it. I know yeah, LaMelo's gonna uh, get the hype that he's gonna get. Um it it has been nice to see Karis Lavert bounce back and have a great right. season. Uh and
1: that just, he's healthy that that you know yeah. that's God, you know, like could you imagine if that trade never happened?
0: He he could have like he might be who,
1: dead right now.
0: Yeah, like who is that who is that kid for Florida that collapsed on the court? Um, uh this shit. past season
1: yeah i can't think of his name but i know you're talking about
0: um but anyway uh i just oh keontae johnson
1: yes thank you i knew it was i knew it was a J something
0: i was thinking of kelvin johnson for some reason but anyway um yeah i just i'm not gonna find this necessarily that entered like that interesting uh Pacers, they're like like both of these teams are pretty close. Pacers are 14th in defensive rating. Hornets are 16th. Karis LeVert, like we said, thin ball and dropped 20 plus points in eight of his last 10 games. Hornets are coming into this, lost five of their last games, like five straight. Blech. Um the Hornets are eight and sixteen without Gordon Hayward. I mean I just, I think the Pacers win just because I think they're coming together after the Bjorken reports and they're really bonding as a team and just We got Mal- of,
1: they got Malcolm Brogdon back too. I think that her Brogdon us.
0: Brogdon coming back is going to be a huge addition and I think to, when I'm watching this team I just see a really more like us against the world type mentality and that's going to pay off in the playoffs and I think you know Charlotte has surpassed expectations. LaMelo Ball looks like a stud. Yeah, the
1: future looks bright for a franchise yeah. that since they've come back into the league, there hasn't been a lot of hope. Yeah. You know, they they made the playoffs once as the Bobcats, uh, or tw- maybe once or twice as the Bobcats, and they made it once as the Hornets, and, you know, that's that's about it.
0: Yeah, I, I just don't see them go. I, it's it's just a good first step. So bo- are we picking – so Boston and Charlotte are going to meet, and then that's going to – Is that what the prediction that we're going with?
1: No, Boston, Indiana.
0: Oh, Boston, Indiana. Right, my bad. Um, So, Boston, Indiana, do you think Boston wins out or do you think Indiana is going to upset them?
1: Boston, I think Brad Stevens is too good of a coach.
0: Agreed. I do. He's
1: it, it, yeah. It's it's it's
0: like as great uh, as Indiana has been. I mean, Sabonis has has been
1: hooping uh, well, like yeah. no, on S- a whole S- nother S- level. S- Sabonis is the man. Like I think, I I, I love I'm, Sabonis.
0: I'm leaning towards Indiana. Not gonna lie. I just think that Boston I, is
1: no. They could do it. I just I just don't like. I think if it comes down to it and it's a tight game, like there's no way they're listening to that guy. Like they 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 haven't mentally checked out because i think they want to go out and be like well screw that report because you know what the hell but they i think they want to go out and be like and we're gonna lose
0: (laughs) on our own terms
1: (laughs) yeah like uh, there's no way they're listening to a single fucking thing he says not i mean i think
0: i think that report was like the one thing that could have actually helped them and now they're kind of like actually listening and now it's like all right well, we need to tell them out all bond the as a
1: team i think it's helped them maybe bond as a team but it's not it's not like he's winning people back over that report yeah. was yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. he sounds like an like a grade a asshole and it makes you think what are these teams actually doing in the interview process that it's like how did you not ask the questions how did you not go to tj warren and be like hey you he coached you or how you didn't how come you didn't call the sons and be like what was he like there like like, they literally were like, oh, he was Nick Nurse's he was Nick Nurse's assistant, and they say he learned a lot. He's a lot like Nick Nurse. Let's hire him. Like, it just shows that, like, what is actually happening in these interview processes. You yeah, know what and, I mean?
0: And for people who may not know, there's a couple of reports that came out. One of them was from Bleacher Report uh, from Jake Fisher. You know, just deal t- detailing, like, some of the fractures going on in Indiana. And it's, it's just a whole... If you want to read the full article, please check that out. Uh, we're not necessarily going to recap all of it. But I think when I see this Indiana team, I think Levert, Levert's going to be huge against Boston. As, <laughs> like Boston's just going down such a rapid decline that they just want to be put out of their misery. And I just...
1: Well, yeah, it could be Levert. Levert and Tatum go toe-to-toe. And then it's like, who has the better game between Smart and Brogdon?
0: And Sabonis so is going to dominate
1: that yeah, Boston so, yeah, frontcourt. It's court. like there's nobody downloaded, so they have like, you know, unless Time Lord uh, <laughs> decides to come in. So yeah, no, it's it's.
0: Uh, I'm going to take I, Indiana,
1: Washington in the seventh seed, and I think Boston will still win and it'll, we'll get them in the eighth seed.
0: I think I think Indiana is going to steal that eight seed away from Boston just because I don't, Boston has so all the negative momentum on their side
1: um no could no, right. it, 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 true the, the good news is the heat fell to the six seed and that alleviated a lot of yes. my big yes. worries for us should the Sixers get out of the first round but the caveat yeah. they get out yeah, that yeah the Knicks and the Hawks are who is waiting there for us
0: yes that is completely different from the Knicks or the Heat that is completely the, um, the,
1: the Knicks worry me more because the, the Hawks, no, 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 no. Then the Hawks.
0: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, of course. Because, yeah, yeah. Because
1: the Knicks, the Knicks' defensive style, and they played us tight. The Hawks think they're just going to be able to run and gun with us, and we're just going to absolutely obliterate them.
0: Yeah, agree. I mean, they're. And I don't,
1: I don't think the Knicks have enough firepower, but I, that's I, another. We'll, we'll go through all that another, another yeah, day.
0: Yeah. Um, like the Hawks have won like 20 of their 30 games since McMillan took over, which is great. Happy for Atlanta you know um but, trey young back yeah um i clink capella is the only guy on this do a on this team with playoff experience like <laughs> the knicks the knicks are the no, story lou,
1: lou, lou williams but it's not good playoff experience <laughs> no
0: <laughs> it's not even it's not even great playoff experience they
1: traded the one they traded the guy they need it with the play who had would have given them ten times better playoff experience for the other for the guy you don't want uh if they so, had if so they do had we Ray want to John, keep
0: the guy that won last year's championship or the guy that was a part of who's the won, greatest won collapse. two
1: champion who's won two championships and is notorious for being a primetime player and a great mentor to young players mm-hmm. and yeah or do we want to bring on the guy who all he does is shoot the ball can't play a worth like a lick of defense was pretty much a journeyman until like his 10th year in the league. And then he became a sixth man on a team that was a seventh seed and everyone loved him. And then he collapsed in the, then he collapsed in the playoffs three straight years and everyone realized, Oh yeah, this is why Lou Williams never really made it.
0: Of course. Uh, Because
1: if you can't play defense, you get exposed in the NBA rule. Number one,
0: that is facts. That is facts. Uh, so, in the
1: playoffs, that is sorry, in the playoffs, no, yeah, NBA yeah. playoffs.
0: That's true. Um, okay, so just to recap, uh, we're gonna go to the full playoff picture like another day. Um, we have uh, Golden State taking the eight seed in the west, Lakers will take the seven seed in the west. Horn, uh, I have I personally have the Pacers stealing the eight seed in the east. Uh, Timmy has uh, Boston's taking the eight seed and then Washington will go straight to the seventh seed after beating Boston, um, and Charlotte gets eliminated. So –
1: What is – what is what is it? The West goes first or the East goes first in these games?
0: The East goes first. So, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Fucking Indiana and Charlotte play tomorrow, and then Boston and Washington. It's like I, – I it's NBA, so I'm going to watch it, but at the same right. time,
1: I'm and just the like, Philly holy sucks. fuck.
0: Yeah. And the Sixers won't play until like Sat- not even Saturday, probably until next week. Um, but I haven't really checked the schedule, I don't think they've even thought, made the schedule. I already again.
1: forgot the NHL playoffs are going on again. Jesus, dude, Christ yeah, me. I
0: know. I we probably should wrap this up, but I just wanted to get we have a couple of things to get off our chest. Probably Rich,
1: we- new, <laughs>
0: new, uh, new <laughs> segment. <laughs> <and> <laughs> New ranty. new ranty segment clickbait do 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 do. Um, we're
1: still we're still working on the name. No, this of, the segment is brought to, is brought progress. to you by Bill and Lisa's kitchen table where <laughs> many beers have been drank.
0: <laughs> Pretty much, it's not brought to you by the fridge. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have access to some of the things in that fridge. Um, <laughs> so, I'll go first. My biggest beef was just ESPN, like the content that ESPN has been putting out. And I love some of the, I've met some great people over at ESPN, hardworking people, great, great individuals. But the content itself compared to what I grew up on and Timmy has grown up on even better content in the nineties. I just really, I really hate, I really hate the, what would you do if you're the GM of the Jaguars? Are you going to sign Tebow? Are you gonna are you going to line up Tebow on the end, tight end? Or are you going to have him play under center like Taysom Hill? And, like, it, that type of shit just really bothers me. And I was t- talking with my uncle about it this weekend. All the ESPN shit feels like it's the exact same. All of it is the same type of questions. Wojo pop up here and there with some breaking news updates. The jump feels like the only show with an actual individual identity and ent- uh, as its own entity as the premier like, NBA year-long show. But other than that, it's copy and paste the same fucking first-take formula. And it's, oh, what would you do if you're this GM? What is there more pressure on this player or this player? And, you know, did, did so-and-so make a mistake on a draft pick that just happened tw- less than 24 hours ago? And it's like, with me, it's just like, I grew up on Chris Berman. The original, the original, not the original, but the original crew that I grew up on Monday Night Countdown was Chris Berman, Mike Ditka, Chris Carter, Keyshawn Johnson, and um, Tom Jackson. That crew was is legendary. Absolutely legendary. And to see ESPN and sports networks in general go from, like actually reporting news actually breaking down roster moves and breaking down salary cap and everything like that to now it's just a fucking opinion based is where I'm just so flat. Like I'm so upset because this is, I've grown up on ESPN. I've grown up on Fox. I've grown up on all these different sports networks and now it's just all the same shit. And it's melting my brain to the point where I'm like, they're, they're selling the personalities more than the actual, hard analysis and cowherd will go say some stupid shit shannon will not shannon chart um fucking skip bayless will say some stupid shit to get lebron fans all riled up about lebron versus jordan max kellerman is gonna say some shit about carson wentz that he can't win and he's not a leader and then or the regular season in the nba doesn't matter but then james harden's gonna win a finals mvp this year whatever I just miss the days of actually breaking down moves and breaking down. How does this move affect this team? How does it affect that team? And now I see with Steven, Stephen a Smith show on ESPN plus Stevens, a world they're just letting him go off about whatever. And I'm like, I could watch this shit on ESPN for on first take on YouTube for five minutes, three minutes. Why would I watch a whole fucking show about this? And it just it just blows my mind i hate it because it's all the same and it really makes me miss the old days of ESPN and i hope it'll change one day and that we can finally move on from everyone's got to have their own voice to actually breaking down fucking moves and hard hard journalism i sound like an old man maybe that's a segment of this cl- of the maybe that's a name <laughs> old man at the clouds old men yelling at the clouds yeah there you go um But yeah, that's my whole rant. I really wish ESPN would revert back to the old days, but, you know, goddamn Instagram had to pop up. So too bad that gets thrown out the window. But anyway, um, as Tony Soprano would say, the floor is yours, Senator.
1: Um, No, and I agree. Like you said, like, I remember when I was younger, like, especially over the summer, but even like during the school year, it's like you woke up, you got a shower, you got dressed for school, you went down, you poured yourself a bowl of cereal or you made some oatmeal or whatever you were eating that morning for breakfast and you gave yourself 15 to 20 minutes before you had to leave the house to walk to school yep. to watch the highlights on ESPN to see who won the games the night before and what was going on and and it was a highlight show and it was, and you know, they, they didn't always show all the teams you wanted to see and it was usually Oh, it was usually tilted more to the teams that were good. Like you know, you weren't getting a lot of Phillies highlights back in the mid '90s and late '90s and shit of that nature. But it was good, and the the anchors were funny. And then they would, you know, you you always knew that at night it'd be like the NHL or the NBA. Like there was yeah. sports.
0: There's some looking forward it's, to.
1: It's, it's, yeah, and now it's like outside of like thirty for thirty, and I actually don't mind E60. That E60 is not bad great. either. E E6 is um, great. I just don't, like, I don't even like watching games on ESPN. Like, I prefer FS1 or NBC coverage now or NBC Sports. Like, I, like it's at, at that point where, like, I can't stand most of the – baseball is the only one where the announcers I really don't mind. Like, when it comes to – like, I don't mind the QB and, like, those guys. But it's like, I hate the Monday Night Football crew. Like, I like that Sunday Night Football on NBC ten times more. Yes. Uh, it's like – and like you said, the, there's not a lot of people like we were talking. Like, I love the jump, got the people, the former NBA players, because I think they're the most real. They yeah. give you the most, the most legit insight. But like you know, like they were like the like Mike Greenberg, nice guy. Like I know he knows what you're talking about, but it's like, you know, er, like their uh segments, their cutaway segments. can you able to hang on? It's like coming up. There is only one player that's caught a pass, touchdown pass from Tom Brady and Trevor Lawrence after the break we'll tell you who and it's like and it has why would i stay
0: tuned for that shit
1: and it has nothing to do with anything it's just like why did you even use that as the teaser like it's just dumb shit like that and it's just like and then even van pelt who i think is one of the more knowledgeable guys who when he got started was like like the next generation of anchors and was good Mm. and it's not the anchors like Lindsay zarniak is good and um Uh, what the hell is the um i don't want to i don't know if he's indian or pakistan i i I can't think of his name um
0: guy who was oh are you talking about the guy who like transitioned to wwe now
1: no not him not coach uh not jonathan Coachman. no the other guy he's like like admin or something oh
0: yeah i know who you're talking about i don't I, i like
1: i and i'm sorry i don't know what he is so like i don't if he's something else yeah, i apologize yeah, yeah. but i like him like the it's not it's but it's the content and like even van Pel, as i was saying like i just can't stand him something like he's so smug and he thinks like he's the fucking person they created like this thing about bad beats and like sports betting in the mainstream and it's like no nah, dude like people were betting beforehand like there was this guy his name is called jimmy the greek uh so sorry uh, you fair enough you enough rebuttal sports Sports spreading yeah. to mainstream sports. Yep. Like it was there. Have you helped usher it to a more acceptable level where people don't look at you like you're degenerate because you're like, what's the cover? Yeah, but it's not just you out there being like, Oh, well, the only reason I'm in the betting is because Scott Van Pelt and Stanford Steve. That's the other thing. It's like, oh, Stanford Steve's is the say-all about everything. And it's like, why? Because he went to Stanford and did he did he even play football there? I don't even Probably know. Probably not. Like, because because like like so now because at one point somebody who would have be been considered a degenerate is now on ESPN instead of being considered a degenerate he's considered the know all and you need to, like everything he says it's gospel and it's like no. I don't like fuck you. Like you're wrong.
0: Like and, and that's the, why those I guys love... don't
1: think they're ever wrong. They never think they're wrong. And like if is doing a podcast and Stanford Steve is on or Van Pelt, I'm like fuck it. I'm not listening today. I I just can't stand them. I just think they're assholes and they they literally can never be wrong. They think their opinion is the only one that matters and they literally think they're like the godfathers of sports betting. And it's stupid.
0: I haven't watched enough of Van Pelt to really. No, like to really understand what you're saying i'm sure other people who watched them would probably agree with you but it's just like overall it's just everything like every youtube clip i see is like Stephen a reacts mike greenberg reacts bart scott reacts to this and it's like what happened to just breaking down moves like tony dungy great analyst rodney harrison great analyst um ryan
1: clark's pretty good
0: Ryan Clark is good. Dominic Fox, although I, I do not like it all when like Ryan Clark makes these like cringy like pop culture references, and like Max Kellerman mm. does the same thing, but they're just like out of date. They're like Seinfeld references, and I love Seinfeld. But like
1: Lewis <laughs> Riddick's another one who's really good. Lewis Riddick
0: is <coughs> oh, excuse me. Lewis Riddick is great. I love Lewis Riddick, and I... we were talking about this before we started recording. Lewis Riddick to me. Louis Riddick, Richard Jefferson, Rachel Nichols, um, Matt Barnes. Uh, Of course, I'll watch the – Perkins. Uh, Even Perkins is getting, like, cartoonish sometimes Or I'm like – Yeah, I I I don't watch the
1: jump enough to know.
0: I mean, yeah. On the jump, he's solid. But on first take, sometimes he goes a little bit over the top. Oh,
1: yeah. That's first take, though. That's the whole point. Oh, yeah, I know. And it's just –
0: it fucking bothers me because, like, I – It's so stupid. I just – I hate the debate, like – just because it's all teed up just Stephen a wilds out people click on it they share it just to say hey here's a wild black guy acting out like that's all it not all it is because Stephen a is a legend in the entertainment industry but let's be honest that's why he blew up he was going nuts and it was playing on the idea that hey here's a black guy going nuts on television
1: like and everyone wants to talk about the racism, like the spectrum, and it's like, how is that? Like, and, and it's not that Stephen A. isn't knowledgeable. It's not that he's that's very why,
0: no, he's very knowledgeable, right. which infuriates me even but more because I'm like, stop relying on the same talking points. You're, right,
1: or the same, the same, um, the, th- the same formula, the shtick, Thank you. Like, he got ex- like I don't want to say exploit it, but almost is like that's why people are like, oh, people are going to think this is like funny, and it's like, yeah, that might be the thing, but it's like. That's not why you, sh- you shouldn't be still using that same thing. He's he's so knowledgeable and he's actually a very intelligent human being. He's a great writer. Does he annoy me? Yeah, but he is one of the best at his craft. Yes, and people don't get he that's people don't look at that part of him. They didn't look at the part where he's like, oh, no, 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 and it's just like, stay off no, the man. weed. Yeah, it's like, no, look at him for how smart he is yeah. and how great of a sports writer he is, and all the work he's like, been doing. T- today, years.
0: today on first take, it was like, oh, Steve. Like it was like a quick take segment. It was like Stephen, like Malik Karram's, like Stephen A. Thoughts on how far the Knicks will go. And he's like, first words out of his mouth are, New York stand up, New York stand up. I'm like what the fuck happened to like professionalism and I get it Max Kellerman's supposed to be like the dork into like an analytical stats and everything yeah
1: he's he's the plain white guy that like is he's the they're the yin and yang
0: oh my god I want to blow my brains out when I hear him talk sometimes about football like he's he's knowledgeable about boxing but other times I'm just like holy fuck please shut your mouth
1: and, and people will probably sit here, I mean, like, like you can put this on YouTube or Instagram, people are like, oh, this kid's just getting mad at Van Pelt, like, he's just jealous that he doesn't have his, it's like, no, I'm not jealous, like, I understand that Van Pelt has put in his time, and yeah. Stanford Steve probably has too, all those people have, it has nothing to do with their success.
0: It's what it has ESPN everything is to do with coming their, from, and now right. where it's at.
1: And it has everything to do with Van Pelt's attitude, like, like instead of being someone who's like, yeah, I worked my way up, and like being like he literally like one his uh, the way he comes off is like he wants people to bow down at his fucking feet, and it's like no, dude, why? Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. didn't create sports betting. Like you're not the first person to be to care that much about golf. Yeah, like you know what I mean. And it's just like that's the thing that bugs me about it. Like no, that's why I, I that. don't I don't enjoy it, and that's why like that's why I like Bracillo. Like even though there's times when like I feel like Rusillo kind of come off as like an asshole and he just like he gets like way too like like ignorant with people it's just like but he's like at least like honest and truthful and like he like is like listen man like i know i'm lucky to be doing this i paid my dues and like i understand i'm just like you know like a an angry dude from boston that like you know is really into sports and like it's like a it's like you know almost to like a pathetic obsession and there, but there are times when he's a little too harsh, like judging people, especially in his, like, uh, especially when he does his, uh, life advice thing. I feel like there's some times where it's like, all right, man, like,
0: yeah, you didn't you have to do that. Were, far. You
1: were probably in a situation, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. but like, yeah, I just, I, I just think a lot of these people, like, I get it. I don't know because I'm not famous and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not on national TV. So I, I probably would have issues in the beginning where, I would start to get a little bit, like, you know, above my, you know, like, get a big head to a certain point. But, like, I would hope that someone would say something to me and I would notice and, like, knock it down. Whereas, like, I'm not going to walk around and just be, like – like, Priscilla told a whole story where, like, they had somebody on talking about betting and Van Pelt. Like, someone was like, oh, man, he's really good. Like, he's good with the – he's, like, a sharp. He knows the numbers and he's, like, he's won this many in a row. And then Pelt got all pissed because, like, they weren't, like, worshiping his – or she mean him for like his bad beat section. He's yeah. like, well, why does it have to be all about him? And it's like, really, dude? Like, yeah. you're not the only person out there. Like, that's why I like, uh, I like Warren Sharp on the ringer. Because uh-huh. I think he's just like an honest dude who's very knowledgeable, just comes out and gives you the information, and he's not sitting there being like, oh, I said it, so that's the truth, and you need to believe it. Yeah, he's just like, like hey, I, this is my I take. I want to go
0: back to analysis, not just inserting your own personal fucking opinions and everything. Just analyze and, and
1: it. And having to be right about everything, too.
0: Exactly. Um. So do you want to talk about – you have another rant, another old man yelling at the clouds. Uh <laughs> Philly sports. Pretty much it's, getting it's, underappreciated. It's
1: it's it's more so like the national TV coverage. It's like so Jokic is the MVP, that's not disputable. Like Embiid missed way too many games. Jokic just had a great season, mm-hmm. it's understood. But it's like even when Embiid was the front runner, I feel like it was still like, oh, well, then there's LeBron. Like, and people would talk about how great of a season he was having, but they wouldn't do it to the levels of, like, now, like, because he missed all these games and Jokic is going to win it. It's like, oh, and oh, my God, what Jokic is doing. And it's like, like once again, nothing against Nikola Jokic. He's had a phenomenal season. He should win the MVP. He played yeah. every game. Even after Jamal Murray went down, he's helped keep that team afloat. They're a free yeah. seed. You know what I mean? He, Complete, he like, has done – he against has had an incredible him. season. It's not against him. It's It's – the national media – Embiid literally did everything they all wanted. He was staying healthy. He was he was in shape. He was dominating on defense. He was dominating on offense. He he did everything they wanted. And it was like, oh, and Embiid's having a great year. And like then they would just kind of move on. And now, like, once Jokic became the front runner, it was like, and oh my God, Jokic. It's like, dude, can you put it back in your pants? And then, like, it's the whole thing with Ben Simmons. It's like, For a hot minute, it was like, Well, Ben Simmons should win the defensive MVP. And then everyone's like, Oh, well, Rudy Gobert. And just what he does. Well, the last time I checked, the Sixers had the second best team defense in the NBA for the entire season. The Jazz had the fourth or fifth. Okay. Yeah. Rudy Gobert doesn't go out and guard guards. He literally sticks his tiny or his, his skinny seven foot frame in the middle. And then just block shots from guys who, who are stupid enough to try and chant, Like, yes, is he a good defensive player? And yes, I get it. All the metric nerds are going to stir and be like, "Well, t- statistically, if you put it at a hundred per session, he is efficiently two point <laughs> two percent better than Ben Simmons." Okay, cool. Well, Ben Simmons exactly. can go guard a six a six ten guy in the post. He can go guard a six one guy out on the three point line. He can shut down an entire team on his own.
0: Simmons dropped 42 on his ass and then Simmons shut him down on his, down. on Gobert's home floor.
1: And then Embiid dropped 40 or 50, what was it, 53? 51? It was 51.
0: I thought his season high was like 50 this year.
1: So it was 50 on, on him though, right? That was the game he scored 50 when he hit that three pointer.
0: I thought no, that was against Chicago. I think they dropped. Oh,
1: oh, right, right, right. You're right. But he dropped. He dropped in the 40s on on. Oh yeah. So it, twice against the Sixers, he had a player that is another player that was in the running for Defensive Player of the Year because at one point MB was too. Drop it on him, and but people were like, "Oh, the metrics say this, and the metrics say that," and it's like, "Okay, go watch a game and tell me who alters the game more on defense throughout an entire game: Ben Simmons or Rudy Gobert? It's ben Simmons." Hand down, hands down. And if Matisse Steibel played more than 20 minutes a game, Matisse Steibel would alter the game more than Rudy Gobert. I'm sorry, everyone. Everyone's on this whole shtick where they're like, you know what? We've given we've given Giannis the last two MVPs. We're kind of over it. Okay, well we've given Rudy Gobert the last two defensive MVPs. So why does it? Why does? That not matters, but it a does safe with pick. Honest. It's a
0: safe pick when, because he's like a big seven-footer, and he's on the best – he's on the number one team in the West. I'm not saying it's right, but that's why. And Matisse no, Theibos no. – Matisse Dibble's actually blocked double the amount of floaters and jumpers that Rudy Gobert has blocked this season. Now Ben
1: Ben Ben Wallace, that was a defensive center who did it all and changed. Like he was a, he, he deserved all this. I'm not saying Rudy Gobert doesn't, but this season it should be Ben Simmons. Yes. and this and I think this is this, this literally and not to be conspiracy, but I honestly think this is still has everything to do with the process and what we did. I think that they they never want to. They're never, like, in. it's going to take something astronomical to get these guys an award. Mm-hmm. I honestly do. And they want to sit there and say, like, they, oh, it's this and that. But it's like, I honestly think people look at it and they're like, they're still so upset about how Ben Simmons plays on offense that they're letting it cloud his judgment exactly. on how great a defender he is. And it's bullshit. He is the defensive player of the year. He should be. It should be a landslide victory. And the fact that he's not going to win it is an absolute fucking travesty.
0: Mic drop. Mic drop. That's it. That's it. That's a fucking episode. I don't, I don't know what else to say after that. All right, catch us on the next episode. Um, yeah, we'll do a full playoff preview once the whole tournament is set. Um, but, yeah, from Timmy and myself, thank you for tuning in and oh, listening to us uh, yell.
1: All those wrestling fans out there, RIP New Jack, one of the ECW oh, legends. I saw that. That my heart. So but... sad, man. So, so sad.
0: sad. Um, also, congratulations to Marv Albert on a sixty-year run. He's retiring at the end of the season. Um,
1: and the new Hall of Fame class as well.
0: And the new Hall of Fame class: Ben Wallace, Tony Kukoc is in as an international
1: um, Paul Pierce.
0: member. Paul Pierce. Chris Webber.
1: No rumor the strippers are coming today. <laughs> to
0: Dude, that after party is about to be lit. Paul Pierce <laughs> Hall of Fame after party. Hell yeah, I would love an invite to that. Chris, but uh,
1: Chris, Chris Bosh,
0: Chris Bosch, well deserved. Um, a few other players. Woj ESPN has it all plastered. You can find the whole class, but just some, some great deserving names. WNBA
1: players as well. Lauren Jackson, who's yeah. one of the original WNBA stars, and, so, uh, a, four, and a foreign and a far in WNBA stars too
0: exactly uh but yeah ben wallace was the first one that we texted about and was the first one that was revealed and it was a long time coming and i'm glad top
1: five top one of my top five players all the time i love ben wallace
0: yeah always fun to watch but uh thank you for tuning in uh and we'll catch you in the next episode that's it